This episode is brought to you by Krishna Nose. Yeah, good morning. So we are doing the Uddhav Gita, the last message of Sri Krishna. It's chapter 15 and we were supposed to do a small recap of verse 21. So first I will read verse 22 so and then we will do the 21 also. So we are doing Uddhav Gita, last message of Sri Krishna, chapter 15, verse 22. One should reflect through discrimination on the origin and the dissolution of all things in their backward and the forward order till the mind is at rest. So here Sri Krishna is telling Uddhava that as a yogi, your job is to think about, contemplate on how the origin and the dissolution happens both this that is the beginning and the end of this particular cycle of life happens now when we speak in terms of the beginning and the end of the life cycle we are saying something which is different than the brahma now remember brahma is eternal and we are discussing about something which is non eternal <laughs> that means there is a beginning and then there is an end so what does have a beginning and what does have an end i if you take your life also you will find that in your life you were born and some day you will die now there was a beginning and there is an end but is there really a beginning and an end this is something which you can find out by your own analysis where were you before you were born now the when we ask this question ourselves we have to think in terms of can i think in body about the body or should i think in terms of consciousness so these are two things which you will think about I can't think of a body because the body was given to me at the time of birth and I will lose my body at the end when I am dying so then what is it that is there and what is it that goes away what exactly happens so does it mean that in between only there is a consciousness so these are the questions which have to be asked to your own self one should reflect through discrimination now the word discrimination in the normal life has a terrible meaning but in spiritual the word discrimination means knowing the real from the unreal what is real something that is permanent and doesn't change is real what is unreal everything that is created born dies and is not there after some time is unreal got it so what is permanent now let us go back to the same thing that we were talking about what was that thing which we said before you were born and after you died naturally you were there prior to your birth prior to taking up this body and you are there 
after your demise also. So, in between stage, that is this life of yours, is the only time you took up a body. Simple. I can give you one simple example. There is a body, a water body, might be there in the Himalayas and I set up a bottling plant over there and I fill a bottle of water and call it Himalayan water. And then I bring it to the city and then I sell it. So prior to bottling it, what was I? I was not a bottle of water. I was just water. After I got bottled, I got a name on top of it. Himalayan water. Right? It was packaged in something. And then it went to the market and somebody drank it. The moment somebody drinks it, what happens to that water? It goes back to where it came from. That means it is no longer Himalayan water. So it is only in between stage that it had a name. Before that it did not have a name. After it went away, it did not have a name. So it's the same thing. Consciousness is there prior to it. Consciousness is there during it and consciousness is there after that as well. But in between stage has a name. So this is the thought process which you are supposed to have. So Krishna says, think about it. You should reflect through discrimination on the origin and the dissolution of all things. So just now I gave you two examples. One is of your own self and the second one is a bottled water. Got it? So, two things. And both before, prior to it getting bottled, either in a body or in a bottle, it had something to do. After it was dissolved, after the bottle went away, after the body dissolved, you are still continuing. So, there is a ad continuum. That means from beginning to the end, you are always there. That water is always there. What the answer? So, in their backward and the forward order. So, we did the backward order and the forward order and you find that you are still there. Hmm? So, then why are you saying that you are impermanent? That you don't exist? You only exist just now and after death you don't exist. That doesn't happen. You may wonder what was it that you were doing prior to you were born and after you die. So there is a theory of karma. Now I am calling it a theory because people sometimes don't believe in all this stuff. Spirituality talks about that there is an ad continuum. That means it goes on continuously. So in this life, 
we are always told to be kind, nice, compassionate, loving, caring. Why? Let us say, take your past lives. You must have got bottled sometime or the other, isn't it? That means prior to taking up this body, there were, would have been hundreds or thousands or millions of bodies prior to that. So when you had those bodies, if you do good, you will get good. If you do bad, you will get bad. I mean, this is how you people think, isn't it? No, it's called the repercussions. It's a cause and an effect. Or what you give, what you sow is what you will reap. This is the way in which it is thought of. Now if you sow rice, you will get rice. If you sow wheat, you will get wheat. So if you sow goodness, you will get goodness. If you sow evil, you will get evil. This is how people have defined it. So if you go backwards in time, backwards, you will find that in some life of yours, maybe you have done some, something which might be dangerous, something which might be bad. So the effect could be now. And that is the reason why it is defined in a way which what we call it as karma. So there is a karma which comes from the past. It's an accumulated karma. For so many lifetimes you got it. So it is called Sanchit, accumulated. This life, you have a very small lifespan. Sometimes it's 30 years, sometimes it's 50 years, sometimes it's 70, 80, 90, 100. That's it. Beyond that you don't have a lifespan. So in 100 years, what is it that you can do? Just little. So you come with that little cash, you know, C-A-C-H-E, of Whatever you got to spend, it is called prarabdha karma. The money that you come for spending, that you take with you on a holiday so that you can spend it for that holiday. Isn't it? That is prarabdha karma. But while you are doing that, while you are spending that karma in this small life of yours, you accumulate more. So we call that as a kriyaman. Kriyaman means futuristic. And that Kriya Man goes into the past one, which is called accumulated. Because you can't spend it now. It's impossible or difficult to spend now. There is no instant karma. Like instant coffee, there is no instant karma over here. So let us not go into that subject. Instant karma doesn't work here. People call it instant karma for the, for the sake of calling it that. But there is no such thing as an instant karma. Because the circumstances, the time, the factors which are connected to that karma don't exist. Let us say if you have knocked down somebody on your bike. Okay. Alright. If you have knocked down a person on the bike, that poor fellow might be lying in the hospital. You think that guy will return the favor back to you in this life? He can't. Maybe he doesn't own a bike. Then you got the answer, isn't it? He can't return the favor back to you. The favor has to be exact same thing. That means if you give a 1 lakh rupees, you have to get 1 lakh rupees back. Got it? This is how the answer is. So if you have knocked down somebody with your bike, you have to get knocked down with another vehicle. Okay? 
This is the answer by that person exactly in the reverse manner. That means you are then the victim and that, is, that person is the perpetrator. So <laughs> reverse roles. Got the answer? So you got to think about all these things. So what you do in this life, if it is good, you are sowing good. So you will get good in your next, next, I don't know how many more lifetimes you have. That is the reason why if you don't want to go through this process at all, I don't want to do this kind of a nonsensical returns. I think once and for all this should be over. That is why we have what is called as the fourth Purshart. Now you will ask me Purshart. What does Purshart mean? <laughs> Purshart is the reason for your existence. Okay. So we say there are four Purshart. What is Dharma, Artha, Kama, Moksha. Dharma. Well, you should have a, a dharmic living, you know. A good, good living. Okay. Second, that means you should be uh, quite nice person. Alright. English. Then, earth. You got to make money a little bit. Alright? Fine. Third one, karma. Karma basically means you have a lusty nature. Naturally, you are going to create a future generation. And then the moksha. Moksha means liberation. So, the fourth one is extremely important. You got to get liberated from this cycle of birth and death. Why is it that you want to be born again and again? You will ask me, so what is the big deal in being born again and again? <laughs> the big deal is this. This time you got a life of a human being. What is it? What would happen if you are born in some, you know, and uh, some jungle somewhere like a small fire ant or some other creature, maybe an anaconda. <laughs> or maybe you are born as a bird. A bird of prey maybe. You don't know. You can be born as anything. So, that's why it's better to take liberation. That's what comes your way. Liberation is most important. And for liberation, we have got back to this subject. That is the reason why we are doing all this book, you know, Uddhav Gita. So that you get liberated. How does a liberation happen? So we come back to the verse number 21. Now we are retracing our steps back. So I'll just recap that 21 verse. This sort of control of mind is spoken of as the highest yoga. This sort of control of mind is considered as the highest yoga. Like the control of an unruly horse with a view of making him conform to the rider's wish at every step. We did that horse and the thing. Okay. But now let us go back to this portion of it. The sort of control of the mind is spoken of as the highest yoga. Alright. Why is the control of mind considered the highest yoga? Yoga as you know in the normal parlance means okay you do all those exercises legs up, hands down, this, that, all that nonsense. That is not yoga. That is all bullshit and nonsense. Okay, don't get into that subject because it is not good. Because 95% of the world doesn't do it. Okay, please, I can assure you this much. Only 5% of the world does it. 95% of the world doesn't even care about yoga. Does it mean that it is a wrong subject or a bad subject or not to be done? 
Krishna is not talking anything like that. He is just saying, don't bother your head about it. We are talking about control of mind is equal to highest yoga. What is he saying? Controlling the mind is the highest yoga. Not that utter other things. Okay. So now let us try to understand why is controlling the mind so important. Now let us try to think. We were doing in a number of verses, thoughts keep on coming to us. A number of thoughts keep on coming to us. And when a thought comes to us, what is it that happens? You see the object. There is an object in front of you. Let us say you are watching a small video. Alright? Now in that video, you know nowadays in all these small 15 second, 30 second videos that are there on Facebook, Instagram, this, that, so many things. You see a nice Hulk. <clears throat> He's doing something like this. Or you see a nice girl over there dancing away to glory. And it's a very alluring kind of a thing. It's very intoxicating to see this kind of, you know, hunks and beautiful girls. Then what happens to your mind? Your mind goes in that direction. It develops something which is called lust. Alright? When it develops lust, what is it that happens to you? You feel like owning that object. Owning doesn't mean you can own that person, but you feel something about that person. Got the answer? You feel like, oh, I should own this object. Maybe you see a very nice car. Somebody is driving a very nice Lamborghini or, uh, you know, so Ferrari or something like that. Uh, yesterday, there was one very funny incident. There was one person whose Ferrari was getting towed away. So what he did was he sat with a chair in front of the, the towing van for five hours, not allowing him to move. It is so funny to see that. <laughs> now imagine, you are looking at that Ferrari and thinking, I wish I owned that Ferrari. Or you see all these people doing the makeup tutorials. And you feel that I also want to have a nice makeup. You see the nice pair of shoes. You want to own those shoes. You see some nice houses. People are showing houses. You know, this is my living room. This is my bedroom. This is this. And you say, oh my God, they have got a swimming pool inside their house. Wow. Okay. It is like this. It is like. And then you feel that little bit of twinge of jealousy. And you feel that I need to own those things. Or you see, you know, a person sitting on a pile of cash. Or maybe you find somebody and on, on all these news channels, you know, somebody who has won a lottery. Now, at such point in time, your mind gets carried away. Your senses go along with it. Your eyes are attracted towards it. You hear some nice music. And you say, wow, this is so nice, you know. What is so nice? You love to hear the music. And you see somebody doing those acrobats. You know, they will keep on doing those jumping around things. And when they do that, you feel, oh wow, look at his body. He's so flexible. Is that American girl who is there who keeps on doing that 
so many four five flips you know wow 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 it's so nice and you keep on thinking that i also wish i could do something like that or you see satya nadella giving a nice speech oh i did this i did that blah 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 or you look at elon musk and he, you know that uh, are the pigs that are there and he keeps on doing that he sees the pigs and he is incorporated some chip in it or he is sending some thing in outer space and you feel wow this guy is so great i also want to become like that these are your desires which your mind has created now please understand one thing every time when a desire is created that desire has to be fulfilled if you do not fulfill your desires you have to come back for fulfilling that desires now you will ask me why should i come back now let us take a case of a person who has to die okay either by hanging or by injection lethal injection or whatever don't they ask him what is your last wish the person may say yes i want to have at least 20 burgers from mcdonalds okay you will get the 20 burgers from mcdonalds it is called last wish fulfillment why do they want to fulfill that last wish is because this guy should not come back again okay if that guy is a serial murderer i don't think you will want him in your life back again because he will come back for that burger if he is not given that burger remember that okay as i said he wanted a burger when he just wanted to <laughs> kill <laughs> he's got that sentence you know for death sentence and he wants maybe 20 burgers and if he, if you don't give him he will come back again and then your life is at risk isn't it then you will think where this fellow is going to lurk <laughs> i don't know so did you get this whole gist of this whole thing because of these desires of yours you keep on coming back over and over again we say in our scriptures the ashta siddhis the eight powers they keep on constantly chanting tathastu 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 let it be let it be let it be so every time when you keep on having a desire let it be let it be let it be so <laughs> poor fellow you got to get what you deserve so maybe you were thinking of that beautiful hunk okay now this life you can't have him you know that that fellow is is he has done his whatever you know the war movie okay uh, like uh, that shroff uh, or uh, rithik roshan you you can't get rithik roshan so and you are just you know drooling over his muscles and his movements uh, is such a nice hunk you know oh yeah i want to own this guy you can't so what happens ashta siddhis i said let it be so in some life of yours you have to come back to own that guy but at that time that time he might be a centipede how do you own him ah huh? or he might be a parrot 
How do you own a parrot? Maybe you will catch him in some jungle and put it in your cage. <laughs> and now can you see any hunk over there or you see a parrot over there? Now you see the absurdity of this situation. The absurdity of the situation is even the stupid ideas that you had of owning something is crazy. And that is the reason why they say control your mind. Can you stop thinking like that? It's a stupidity. Don't keep on thinking. I want to do this. I want to do that. I want to own this. I want to eat that. I want all that. I want. I desire. I, you know this kind of wishes. I wish on this thing. That wish fulfillment is a pain. And that is the reason why Krishna says the sort of control of the mind is spoken as the highest yoga. If you can control your mind and not think of anything. Don't think of anything. What do you think of then? Where is your mind occupied? Occupy the mind in the self inwards if the mind is occupied in the self what will you get tathastu you will get your own self and what is the self the self is the realization the understanding the liberation you don't have to get anything from outside you are fulfilled you are full of yourself you are capable. You can do anything. And this self is equal to God. Self. S-E-L-F is equal to G-O-D. Because you are the essence of the divine. Did we not talk about it yesterday? You being the essence of the divine. And if you have got your own self. Then what is there to think of? Nothing. And that is the reason why he says... This control of the mind, not allowing it to wander anywhere, except losing itself in the self, is called self-realization, liberation, emancipation, or whatever you want to call it, release from the bondage of birth and death. Got it? So I have explained to you both these verses. So now we go to the next one. So we are doing the Uddhav Gita and in the Uddhav Gita we are doing chapter 15 and now we are doing the verse 23. The mind of a man who is disgusted with the world is possessed of dispassion and has understood the teachings of his guru gives up its wickedness by repeatedly reflecting on them. Now all this that I spoke of last so many days is a difficult subject. How do you achieve that status of no mind? How do you achieve that status where there are no desires in your mind? See, think about it. When your company is going down under, not to Australia, down under means it's going folding up, what do you do? You firefight. And then you bring the firefighters. All these companies 
and the consultants and they say, please come and save my company. Please do something about it. You will try to find people who can save you. Isn't it? You want somebody to come and save you. Right? Now, if you want to become somebody great in this world, naturally you need a mentor. A person who can teach you how to get there. Many years ago, I asked a person, suppose if you want to stand first in a university examination, how will you achieve it? Now, most of the people don't know the answer. They will say, I will study hard. Somebody will say, I will talk to the professor. Somebody else will say, I will read the best books that are available. I will solve the 10-year question paper. All these are different, 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 different answers. The answer is very simple. There is one person who knows the technique of becoming number one. The person who has stood first the previous year. Isn't it? That person knows how to be the number one. So why not ask that person? Why not get the notes of that person? Why not talk to that person and say, Can you please help me become number one? Can any general manager or a vice president teach you how to become a CEO? No way. Only a CEO can teach you how to be a CEO. Do you know how to raise funding in the marketplace? No. You will make 100 attempts. Maybe you will not succeed. Maybe you may succeed. But if you go to a consultant or a person who knows and already has done the funding, you know funding some enterprise, then you have the right person for the job. He will tell you this is what you got to do. Approach the problem this way and you will be able to solve it. So these are material worldly examples. In the spiritual world also, you need this person because you don't know the techniques of getting out of this rut of birth and death. Rebirths. Do you know these techniques? You have absolutely no clue. And can you train yourself properly? No way. You can try multiple times. That is very difficult. Here it is not raising funds. Here it is your question of life and death. You want liberation. Whom can you learn about liberation? Only the great masters. Only the highest spiritual masters can teach you about liberation. Now, the next thing that you got to know. Are those spiritual masters there in front of you? Let us look at Buddha. Or let us look at Jesus Christ. Okay? Or let us look at Ramakrishna Paramahansa. Or let us look at Ramana Maharishi. Or Mirabai. Or Tukaram Maharaj or whoever concerned. Are those people in front of you right now? They don't exist. Jesus Christ is already gone. Buddha is already dead and finished. Buddha can't come and teach you. You will say Buddha has left behind his teachings. Let us come back to what I said. 
Yes, the teachings are there in a book. You think by reading a book you can, you can cross your examinations? No way. If you try to read some book, you know, how many people read books? Every person reads books. Those who want to attempt their examination, they will read all the books. Okay? They will have average teachers in their class who will teach them. Okay, it is like that. And the job of that teacher is the same. Every year they teach. Does anybody come first in that? Nobody comes. So we come back to the same story once again. The person who knows how to come first can teach you how to come first. That is the answer. So only a liberated and a realized being can teach you how to get liberated or how to get realized. And the person got to be there. You can't have him incognito. You can't have him non-existent. You can't have a guru who doesn't exist. So you got to meet this person time and again, time and again, time and again, time and again. So if you want to come first, don't you think you will want to meet the person over and over again and ask questions to that person? Isn't it? If you know somebody who knows how to win number of titles in Wimbledon or you know all the French Opens and all that, wouldn't you want that person as your guide? Because that person has won so many medals, so many cups, so many trophies. It's exactly the same way. You can go and ask a person who has won Nobel Prize how to win a Nobel Prize. If you want to win a Booker or one of those great prizes that are there, you can keep on writing forever. You will never succeed. But let us say, if you meet somebody who has won the prize and ask that person, what is it that the committee or people demand? And then you will be able to understand the subject so clearly. If you want a bestseller, you keep on writing books after books. Nothing is going to sell. So you need someone who is going to take you there. That means a best-selling author can teach you how to write a bestseller. So that it gets sold properly. Isn't that the reason why companies attract people who already have that information and the knowledge? Way back in time, I will tell you one story. There was this great industrialist. And this industrialist had absolutely no knowledge about petrol and petroleum products. Had very little knowledge. The only job that he had done was to serve as a petrol station attendant. What was he? A petrol station attendant. Now this man had great dreams and wanted to be one of the greatest person in the petroleum industry. How do you become when you are an uneducated person, you don't even have any knowledge except, you know, filling petrol. That is all the knowledge that you have. How do you become great? Slowly, slowly, this man started becoming, you know, moneyed. 
he got a lot of money he did a lot of stuff and then one day he said i want to establish the biggest refinery in india the largest the biggest so what did he do india had a company which was into oil exploration and development and so on and so forth we have a number of companies in india we are called ongc oil and natural gas commission oil oil india limited and so many others you know indian oil and so on and so forth so he went and bought out the chairman of that company and said please come and join my company and teach me how to become the biggest company in india in petroleum production i'm sure by now you know the name i don't even have to spell it out for you so he got the number one person to become number one i think you understand this theory very well so if you want to be liberated go and find out from a person who is a liberated master so you require this guru in your life not an absent guru not a guru who is never available for you not somebody whom you cannot even ask a question you think you can ask a question to gautam buddha you think gautam buddha is going to come and answer you you see he may he may just say to you you know refer to my text so and so page so and so and that is all that thing he can say he is not going to come and answer you neither is jesus going to come and answer you neither any of these great masters they are going to come and answer you and that is the reason why krishna says these words very clearly the mind of a man who is disgusted with the world is possessed of dispassion and has understood the teachings of the guru without a spiritual master there is no way in which you can overcome this mind of yours if you do not have a spiritual master in your life whom you can consult with whom you can talk to whom you can always be in connect with you have to ask the questions directly you can't go right round the bush and say oh i read this book no ask the questions directly the horse's mouth you say so go ask him the question and say to him i want to know how to overcome this mind mind has to be disgusted with this world and is possessed of dispassion we go back to the verse which we did just now it's only when you control the mind and you have zero thoughts it is called the highest yoga never misinterpret yoga the word the terminology yoga means union with god what does yoga mean union with god when your mind is completely empty that time the mind turns towards the self turns towards the self self is equal to god i just now told you that so when you your mind is one union with mind is union with god isn't that called yoga 
so yoga means union with god and when your mind is zero balance then it is in union with the self which is equal to god so he says the mind, the mind of a man who is disgusted with the world is possessed of dispassion now we come back to what i taught yesterday you have to be completely disgusted with this world because this world is never going to satisfy you if you are a woman no man can satisfy you if you are a man no woman can satisfy you ever and if you are a father and a mother no child can satisfy you and if you are a child no father and mother can satisfy you they become your enemies very soon nobody has eternal relationships if you want to go back into the gutters and if you keep on desiring the same person over and over again that is what they say you know i did the saptapadi i want the same husband seven times yes if you want the same husband or the same wife seven times you had it because next life you may be a cockroach i told you no next life you may be a cockroach and he might be a martin ka dabba you are dead see what is the point <laughs> it's not that you are going to be the same you human beings no did i not tell you that you cannot become a human being again to become a human being you will have to take another 100000 lives maybe lifetimes then only you get the chance to become a human being that is the reason why we keep on rubbing it time and again time and again time and again i keep on telling every person day in day out day in day out day in day out the same thing over and over again be kind be compassionate be loving be caring do not fight back so many lessons every lesson every single day is the same thing and let your mind not wander become dispassionate doesn't matter why does it matter somebody dies or somebody is born you got to have equanimity of mind equanimity of mind means not swaying here nor there if something good happens you keep on saying wow this is so nice and when something bad happens oh my god why did this happen anyway it was bound to happen and anyway that good was bound to happen so what's the big deal in that so becoming dispassionate is so very essential so when you are dispassionate you will be in a state of buddha you understand a person is always blissful blissful doesn't mean happy by the way this again is a term you should never misinterpret blissful state means not getting carried away by anything you have become completely dispassionate about this world if somebody dies or somebody is born it doesn't it doesn't matter to you because you have been disgusted with this world so now let us see this verse what he says the mind of a man who is disgusted with the world is possessed of dispassion he is dispassionate and has understood the teachings of the guru you have to understand the teachings of the guru because you, your guru constantly keeps on giving you these teachings a living guru somebody who is around you okay gives up the wickedness by repeatedly reflecting on them just now only i said be your kind self 
be your good self. Give up that wickedness. The wickedness where you keep on judging every person in life. Who are you to judge by the way? Every person wants to judge another person. Oh, this person is so good. That person is so bad. Just because somebody says something bad about you, that person becomes bad. If somebody says something good about you, oh, you are such a nice person. You give a nice satsang. Somebody comes and tells me, oh, so good. Thank you very much. I am becoming an idiot if I keep on thinking that somebody comes and praises me doing, Guruji, your satsangs were fantastic. You know, I really learned so much from them. I can see the God in you. You are so divine. I have to look at this person dispassionately. I don't give a damn. The man who is disgusted with this world is possessed of dispassion. Doesn't make sense to me. Or somebody who says, what kind of an idiot you are? You are talking so many bad things about people. You are saying such a, such a nonsensical subject. It has no basis. It has no truth. There is no karma. There is no this thing. There is no nothing. By the way, there is no Krishna also. There may be a people who can talk like this. And look at you. You enjoy everything in this world. There are people who will come and talk like this to me. You literally ruin other people's lives. You know? Okay? What are you talking about? You think I am supposed to get disgusted with that person? I am not even bothered. It's, it's called the equanimity of mind. Equanimity of mind means never getting swayed. Somebody says something good to you, don't get swayed. Somebody says something bad about you, don't get swayed. Because the person who is saying good is good think that that person is saying something bad and somebody who is saying something bad about you is saying something good about you. When the moment you think like this, you are not even going to be bothered about it. Got the answer? It's like that. Imagine every single day, you know, there are people who keep on saying something good or something bad to you. And if you keep on swinging left, right, left, right, left, right, just because your mother says something and you get upset about it. And then somebody, your friend says, you look so beautiful, you know, today you li I like you in whatever dress you are wearing. Wow, thank you so much. Why are you getting upset? And on, on the other hand, why are you becoming that idiot? Doesn't matter. Be lost in the self. Lost in the self. Don't keep your mind thinking about these things. If you think about it, remember you have to come back to repay. Isn't it? Did I not say these words to you? Tathastu, tathastu, tathastu. That is what the Ashtasiddhis keep on doing. Now let us say, there is a person. Okay? This person is really mean to you. Has said something bad. Is literally fought with you. Or maybe, you know, means something bad. And you keep on thinking, this person is... You keep on thinking, 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 thinking all day. And ten times in a day, you keep on saying the same thing. What do you keep on saying? That person, he said something to me. That person, he said something to me. That person doing like this to me. That person is doing like this. You say that ten times. Astasiddhis have said ten times, Tathastu. 
You know what it means? Now you are married to that person 10 times. You will keep on meeting the same person over and over and over and over again 10 times. Now, and what happens? Now you go in the reverse direction. Karma. Remember the story of karma? That person said something bad to you. What does karma say? You have to give it back in the same coin. Isn't that what I said? If you take 1 lakh rupees from a person, you have to give 1 lakh rupees back to that person. If your husband has slapped you, and if you feel bad about it, you have to slap him back. This life, maybe you cannot, so you will be born again to slap that same person again. If that person has said something mean to you, you are such a mean person. Yeah, 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 yeah. And you want to go and give it back to that person. And that's where you get into this cycle of birth and death. Rebirths. You will meet the same person over and over again. And in the reverse order. Earlier you were the receiver. Now you are the giver. And that person is going to again say something and then you are going to continue your life cycle over and over again. So it is just not the 10 life cycles. You will keep on meeting the same person maybe a million times. How would you like that? Think. Uh, imagine somebody who says that you know, that person is a wife beater, he is like this, he's abusive parent or something like that. You keep on dwelling in your past and you keep on saying, I had an abusive parent, I had an abusive parent, I had an abusive parent, I had an abusive All your life you say these words and you keep on talking about it to every person that you meet. Now what happens to you? The Ashtasiddhis are saying, Tathastu, 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 Tathastu. Let it be, let it be, let it... So you will have to become the parent of that person. And you have to abuse that person. This is called the circle of karma. Why would you want to do that? Ask yourself this question. Why would you want to do that? And that is the reason why he says, giving up your wickedness by repeatedly reflecting on them. These teachings of the Guru have to be reflected upon. Think what I am saying. Don't just poo-poo this whole thing. The reason why the spiritual masters literally put their heart and soul in teaching everybody is because they want them to get liberated. They don't have any ulterior motives. A true master, absolutely true master doesn't have any ulterior motives. He is not waiting for somebody to give him money or something else. No, no, no. There is nothing like that. A real master is only bothered about you getting liberated. And that is the reason why you have to you know, get into his company. Listen to the satsangs. So, give up this wickedness by repeatedly reflecting on them. So reflect on what is being said and do what is necessary. Do not get into the cycle of karma with that person. Got it? Next, we are doing chapter 15, the Uddhav Gita, verse 24 now. The mind should think of the Paramatma with whom union is sought through the path of yoga, comprising yama, etc., or through logical analysis, 
or through the worship and meditation etc on me or and by no other means listen to these words these are krishna's words and krishna has given only these three paths only three paths the last four words are and by no other means do you know what is the meaning of the word by no other means you can never get liberated and you can never achieve anything if you try any other means there are only three paths of attaining god union with god if you want to be in union with god that means the yoga the mind should think of paramatma with whom union is sought through the path of yoga your union remember the mind which is dispassionate is not thinking of anything now goes inwards and is dwelling on the self which is god alone you are one with yourself and when you are one with yourself you are one union with god that is the god living inside of you there are other topics which i keep on doing those who join me in the other satsangs will understand what i am talking about whether the god is there inside of you or not these topics i am attempting in other satsangs all right tuesdays 8 o'clock in the morning i do the bhagavad gita weekdays monday to friday in the evening i do the das bodh satsangs and there is a whole pile of the satsangs on youtube on krishna knows you can download the app if you have an android phone and you can see those if you have missed out on some so i keep on talking about these subjects it's important so if you want to be one with the paramatma the one with the paramatma recapping again for you atma means soul yesterday i said people think everybody has a soul but i told you nobody has a soul there is only one super soul only one super soul and that super soul cannot be broken down into bits and you cannot have one soul another another soul another another soul and nobody can have all these multitudes of souls there is only one soul and it cannot be broken it is eternal it is called paramatma so you want to be one with the paramatma the one which is inside of you called the self become one with it the mind should think of the paramatma with whom union is sought through the path of yoga so now when you become one with the self in words that way you can become one so this is the path of knowledge with yama dama all those things that we have discussed i'm not going to repeat them once again these are the different different techniques that we have been taught along the way so learn those techniques so this is one methodology the second methodology is through logical analysis you can do logical analysis just now only we discussed about it two verses back keep on thinking and dwelling on this subject first was the activity base isn't it yama dama and all those things second one is thinking process you can just sit in one place 
and do om or whatever you want to for all this you require a spiritual master okay at the end of the day the punchline is that or through worship and meditation the third path worship and meditation it is called the path of devotion and this is the path which i recommend 99.9% of the time only the path of devotion because you are lost in your own world you cannot even focus on any subject matter you have to focus on money your family your friends what you are eating what you are drinking you have to build a house you have to take care of your children god knows you know hundreds of things you are doing at such point in time where are you going to do your om 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 and all that kind of thing you can't you don't even have the time can you can you leave this world and go away to the himalayas that also you can't do you know yourself you know as a weak person you cannot even stay hungry for a day ask yourself that question can you stay hungry for a day 24 hours not eating anything so the answer to that is simply worship and meditation basically the path of devotion worship me as a paramatma krishna says this you just worship me that's it if you put your power of attorney in my hands then it is my job to take you wherever i have to isn't it i am like your father your mother i will take you wherever i feel like at that point in time don't bother because whatever food i have to give you i will give you whatever position that i have to give you i will give you but you got to only trust me okay trust me trust in god these are the words which are written in every every vehicle isn't it you know in india if you go and see behind the trucks it is written trust in god that means you can't trust that fellow who is driving he is dead drunk and he is driving most of the drivers they drive drunk you should know that <laughs> they, <laughs> they they go to all these you know highway highway things and they will drink over there and trust in god yeah you got to put your trust in god that let that fellow drive safely and you also drive safely behind him okay <laughs> so like that trust in god so you got to have that trust in god <laughs> so krishna says first word is called faith have faith in me that i am the one who is taking you everywhere wherever you have to go just have your faith in me second surrender to my will you just surrender to me you don't have to bother your head about anything when you have to eat i will give you the food when you have to wear clothes i will give you the clothes what why are you bothered i am your master okay i am your guide i am everything so why bother so much about it so that is the thing and then he says the third world is unconditional love have this unconditional love for me don't worry i am everything to you okay i will be your krishna i will dance with you like a, you know like how they the gopis and the krishnas dance you know i will dance with you also okay so i am that one person and be devoted to me alone i will give you the job the money the power the fame the fortune everything that you feel you want i will give it to you but you just love me 
and this is where and this is the way in which you can reach me but by no other means and there are no other means available to you got the answer there are no other means available to you if you think that by doing some kind of a activity you are going to reach god no it doesn't happen so now we have come to the end of verse 24 and we will stop over here next week we will start from verse 25 onwards so i will take your leave you have a great week ahead and take care of yourself and be safe bye